I'm Madison Leopold with Leopold Cattle Company in West Columbia, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to have you along for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we have a very positive outlook for the cattle market here in 2023. Cattle Facts gave its annual market outlook session at the recent cattle industry convention in New Orleans, and they had nothing but good things to say when it comes to the market outlook here for the upcoming year. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. It's looking like we could see farmers in the Texas High Plains cut back on cotton acres this year. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about the possible benefits of taking a year off from cotton. Strengthening the right to farm is an issue of concern for Texas farmers and ranchers. They brought the issue to the attention of state lawmakers in Austin recently. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have a report from the 88th State Legislature on Texas Ag Today. As we get rolling in 2023, it's good news and bad news for producers. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler and we'll sort some of it out in my report from the Rolling Plains. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. One of the highlights of the cattle industry convention each year is the Market Outlook Session. Cattle Facts CEO Randy Block gave the same outlook he's been giving for the last year or so. Better cattle prices are on the way, but they seem to be coming sooner than expected. If you're thinking about what we've put in front of you here over the last few years, there's really no changes in the overall basic outlook. The only thing that you have to adjust is because of the magnitude of the drought, numbers tightened up even faster than what we'd anticipated. So the cow herd is back to the previous cycle lows already. Uh, We thought that would take another two years. So the market's going to find itself very short on supply in the next 24 months. Cattle Facts is expecting cattle producers to enjoy higher prices, but that won't affect consumers very much. Well, I think what we'll see is we're going to have less production, and as a result of less production, the market will have to ration that smaller supply with somewhat higher prices. Retail prices have actually had some of that anticipated and built in, so we're not expecting a significant change for what the consumer will pay for our product in 2023, but we will start to see wholesale prices move higher again as we move into the spring and again into the fall. You should expect you'll see strong spreads. Again, strong spreads or premiums will associated with choice, certified Angus beef and prime, because the market's really demanding that high-quality product. Locke says consumers have shown they are willing to pay more for high-quality beef. 
The Federation of State Beef Councils kicked off the celebration of a big anniversary last week in New Orleans, and the council is led by Texan Brad Hastings. That's right. Federation is celebrating 60 years here in 2023. The Federation was started in 1963, and it was originally called the Beef Industry Council, and it was a division of the National Livestock and Meat Board. The Federation of State Beef Councils actually predates the national checkoff, and so we're really excited about everything that we've got accomplished and what we're doing here with the 43 qualified state beef councils as members of the Federation. And there have been a lot of accomplishments over those six decades, including the Beef It's What's for Dinner campaign. It's active and going very, very well. As a matter of fact, it was reintroduced here recently in the last couple of years. And if any of your listeners out there look back this last year, we had Tony Romo as actually our spokesman. You know, we're out there really using him and his resources on ESPN and just some of the national networks and used him as a spokesman that really kind of got it out there because it is the first spokesman we've had in a while. Hastings is co-CEO of Cactus Feeders, headquartered in Amarillo. It's looking like we could see a cut in cotton acreage in the Texas High Plains this year. James Hunt tells us there could be benefits to taking a year off from growing cotton. Based on what we hear from producers and other sources, a reduction in cotton acreage in the Texas High Plains seems likely this year. A lot could happen before planting time to change all that, but I talked with Mark Brown of Plains Cotton Growers about how acres taken out of cotton production this year could be used to maybe make those acres better for a return to cotton in 2024. Brown says there can be benefits from switching to another crop. Whenever we look at rotation, that's always a great idea. Down on the southern high plains, we see a lot of fields that are in continuous cotton year after year. And we see in a situation like that, the increase of nematode populations as well as plant disease pressure. And all of that can be reduced with rotation. And of course, rotation, especially to a grain crop or a high residue crop, typically adds organic matter. It's oftentimes that in the following season on cotton production, we'll see a 10 to 15 percent yield bump. Something that could cut into cotton acres this year is if wheat originally planted as cover winds up being allowed to continue on to grain harvest due to the strong wheat market. Here's a thought Brown has on that possibility. One of the things that we have seen in a lot of cases where the landowner is in agreement with this is harvesting that grain crop and then summer fallowing that land. If that's an option, that gives you a great opportunity to bank soil moisture for the 2024 growing season for a really good start on a cotton crop. More from Mark Brown of Plains Cotton Growers in our next report. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas lawmakers are considering a bill that would strengthen farmers' right to farm. Tom Nicoletti has the story from the state capitol. The right of farmers and ranchers to produce food and fiber within city limits should be protected. And that's what farmers and ranchers were telling their state representatives and senators recently at the state capitol in Austin. Joining me to summarize a meeting with their Central Texas representative, Richard Cortese and Robert Fleming, both farmers in Bell County. Richard, the right to farm statute was enacted over 30 years ago to protect agricultural operations from unreasonable government regulation, but the law has loopholes and that prevents it from uh, working as intended. What's your uh, concern that you uh, stress to your uh, representative? In some cities there's an effort to manage farmers operations just like as if it was a yard. 
and our State Representative Brad Buckley is very familiar with this, and he's really going to work hard to do this. For an example, a man had 200 acres of hay, and the city came in there and said, you need to mow it down, it's too tall. He said, it's not ready to cut for hay. So they went in there and mowed it down for him, and then billed him for the bill, which that's just insane. Robert, your thoughts about this right to farm and uh, how it's infringing upon farmers and ranchers uh, right to uh, raise crops and livestock. Well, Tom, as you all know, urbanization is crowding agriculture every day in the great state of Texas. Things change daily from cost of production to cost of commodities to pressure from city officials, pressure from government officials. And what I specifically like about Representative Buckley, he's a veterinarian, he comes from the agricultural community, and he understands our concerns. And we constantly, as an agriculture group, have got to stay on top of these issues to make sure we stay ahead where we can actually produce food and fiber for, for their ever-growing nation. Thank you, Robert. That is Robert Fleming and Richard Cortez, both farmers in Bell County of Central Texas. At the state capitol in Austin, I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. As we get rolling here in 2023, there's some good news and some bad news for Texas farmers and ranchers. Barry Mahler tells all about it from North Central Texas. While visiting with farmers and ranchers recently, the conversation is one of good news and bad news. And even though I guess there's always some of that in agriculture, it seems to be more so right now. Well, the good news is recent moisture that fell over a lot of Texas in the last couple of weeks, including a lot of the rolling plains. It's perked up the winter wheat crop and will allow our fertilizer to do its job as the warmer spring weather brings it out of dormancy. This crop, although off to a late start, still has good potential and looks much better than just a few days ago. Also, on the good news side, is a wheat market that still offers a shot at a profit, even with the increased cost of production. Well, the bad news is that cost of production I mentioned. The economists are telling us that fertilizer will probably remain high. I'm talking like 2022 high for the rest of 2023 due to limited supply and high demand. Higher natural gas prices will make nitrogen higher, and chemicals such as glyphosate, which is a staple in the ag industry, will remain at or near the high prices of last year. No relief is expected for seed prices and not much relief in the just general day-to-day operation expenses. Now, some of these inputs will be offset by a good price for grain, with cash prices in Texas for corn ranging from $8 to quarter a bushel. Soybeans are in the $14 range, and wheat from $7 to $7.25 a bushel. The cotton market has drifted lower over the last few months, from highs of $1.25 per pound down to the mid-70 cent range. These prices are expected to move acres from cotton to grains for 2023. Meanwhile, Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack told attendees at the American Farm Bureau Federation meeting recently that the USDA is aware of the toll that high inputs are taking on farmers and ranchers and that the USDA is working to try to lower and stabilize input costs and continue to roll out portions of the disaster payments that were approved as part of the COVID relief to shore up losses from recent weather disasters across the country. Bottom line is that farmers and ranchers will have to be very good managers to make all this work this year, and many are sharpening their pencil and working on that right now as spring is just around the corner. This is Barry Mahler reporting from along the Red River for Texas Ag Today. A new report highlights some interesting facts about U.S. and Texas deer hunters. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. Can dogs sniff out BRD infections in cattle? Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Bovine respiratory disease, or BRD, is the leading cause of death in calves. Dr. Bob Judd says Texas A&M is studying if dogs can sniff out which calves are infected. Dogs have been used to sniff out human diseases, and Dr. Courtney Daigle is working with a respiratory specialist at West Texas A&M, Dr. John Richardson, and a dog training expert, Dr. Nathan Hall at Texas Tech. The first study looked to determine equipment and training needed, and now the second study is using cattle from the AgriLife Research Center in McGregor and guard dogs from the prison system in Huntsville. Dr. Daigle indicates this technology could revolutionize how antimicrobial treatment is applied in commercial beef production. Currently, cattle health is evaluated at the group level, and if deemed necessary, the entire group is treated with antibiotics. By using trained dogs to find individual animals that are infected, less antibiotics would be needed. Producers hope to be able to use a dog chute side to determine which animals should be treated. A well-trained dog and handler near the chute could allow the producer to target only infected animals with antibiotics, which would greatly decrease the amount of antibiotic used and save the producer money. In the pilot study, two dogs were trained in a series of stages over seven months to discriminate between nasal swabs collected upon arrival at the feedlot from cattle that developed respiratory infection within 20 days and cattle that did not develop respiratory infection in the next three months. The first study did not show a positive response, and it was concluded that bovine respiratory disease may be more difficult to diagnose than other diseases. The second study, now underway, will determine if the dogs can determine sick cattle from healthy cattle. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A new report highlights some interesting facts about U.S. and Texas deer hunters. Jessica Domel takes a look at those facts in today's Wildlife Report. Hunters across the United States harvested more than 5.9 million deer in the 2021-2022 season, according to a new report from the National Deer Association. The annual deer report reveals that around 5.2 million of those deer were harvested on private land. Texas tops the nation in terms of private land deer harvest at 99%. That's likely because the majority of land in Texas is privately owned. Of the 5.9 million whitetails harvested, in the 2021-2022 season, more than 2.9 million were antlered bucks. That is the fourth highest antlered buck harvest in the past 10 hunting seasons. It's actually down 2% from the highest buck harvest record of the new century that was set in 2020 during the height of the coronavirus pandemic. In Texas, hunters harvested just over 447,000 antlered bucks in 2021. The national estimated antlerless deer harvest in 2021-2022 is is estimated at 2.96 million. That's down 8% from the previous season. In Texas, nearly 380,000 antlerless deer were harvested in 2021. Hunters in Texas were highlighted in the report. 
Texas boasts the most deer hunters in the nation with 756,000, but the Lone Star State rates very low in terms of deer hunters per square mile at 2.9. That is likely because of the sheer size of the state. The deer report also spells out what methods Texas hunters are using when hunting deer. 11% of hunters in Texas used a bow or crossbow, 87% used a rifle or shotgun, and 1% used a muzzle loader in 2021. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Live cattle were higher Friday, feeder cattle were lower, and the grain markets took a big jump. We'll check out all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a mixed trade in the cattle complex on Friday. On the close, we ended with the live cattle higher, feeder cattle lower. February live cattle up 37, closing at 161.20. The April up 32, 163.95, while June live cattle were up 22 cents, closing at 159.75. A jump in the grain markets put pressure on feeder cattle Friday afternoon. The March feeder contract down 42 cents at 186.40. April feeders down 5, 190.67. May feeder cattle down 12 at 194.55. The cash fed cattle market very slow all throughout the week. Over the past week, we had some scattered sales. One load in Texas on the online fed cattle exchange at 159. A couple of thousand reported in Kansas at 159, but for the most part, backers putting off any purchases to the very last minute. Same thing they did the previous week. So as of this recording, we don't have any reports. We'll have to wait and see how things shake out on Monday. Boxed beef prices, higher Friday choice, up 62 cents, 269.91. Select up eight at 254.09. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Got two sheep and goat reports for you today. The first one's with uh, Klein Spear from Southwest Livestock Exchange, Uvalde. They celebrate Tuesday. Klein, how did your Uvalde sale turn out? At about 500 head yesterday, counting a lot of guys out there trying to get a few bought at a real active market yesterday. Probably, you know, 10 to 15 cents across the board better than the previous week. Just kind of had a little more numbers, a little bit better weather. Heavy lambs, $1.20 to $2.25. Those light lambs, $2.10 to $3.10. Fat ewes, 60 to $1.25. Those thin packer ewes, 45 to 80 Packer nannies, 85 to $1.00. $1.50. Those fat Spanish nannies, $1.15 to $1.65. Those soccer nannies, $1.60 to $2.45. The good cabritos, $2.50 to $3.80. Those lightweights were $2 to $4. And the billies yesterday were $1.80 to $2.25. So pretty good little market here this week.
week. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Klein Spear. Call us the office, 830-278-5621, or my cell phone, 830-591-3241. Thank you, Klein. Now let's head to Fredericksburg. Sean Guys white how'd you sell sheep and goats? We're even up with 3000 Larry. The market might have been just a, a tick softer than last week. Wasn't much to compare it to. Better lambs kind of bring from um, uh, 280 to up to 340, something like that, with bigger bunches of kids and elk kind of ring around 330 to 340. Some nannies, steady, you know, out anywhere from, from 70 cents to, to $2, you know, on some of the ladder carcass nannies, you know, laying you by with. And uh, some of the flesh here nannies up to, you know, about 40 and billies, kind of from 2 to, to 240. So I thought we got along good. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Sean Guys White. You can reach us at 830-997-4394. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures trade now where lean hogs were mixed on Friday. The nearby February up a nickel, 75.87, while April hogs were unchanged, 83.32. Same story in the Class 3 milk market. February down 2 cents, 17.94 a hundredweight, while March Class 3 milk was up 4 cents, 17.97. The cotton market took a big drop early in the session on Friday, but recovered on the close. We finished nearly mixed. With March cotton up 13 points, 85.50. May cotton down 6, 85.94. The December down 3, 85.27 cents. Corn and wheat both getting a boost from developments in the Russia-Ukraine war. Apparently a Russian missile flew over Romanian airspace on Friday, and that spooked the grain markets big time. Corn market finishing strongly higher, with March up 9 and 3 quarters, 6.80 and a half. September corn up five and three quarters at six ten a bushel. But the wheat market was the strongest to react. Nearby March, Kansas City wheat limit up 30 cents, closing at 909 a bushel, while new crop July was up 26 and a half at 882 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up 25 and three quarters, 7.99 a bushel. In the energy markets, March natural gas up 12 cents Friday at 2.55. March West Texas crude up $1.79 at 79.85 a barrel. The financial markets were mixed Friday afternoon. The Dow up 164 points, 33,864. The Nasdaq down 78, 11,710. The S&P up seven at 4,088. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.